When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, college lacrosse fans? This is a bonus episode here, D2 and D3 show. We're going to talk about a bunch of games. Before I get into it, as always, you can go to laxfactor.com, support us that way. And because this is an audio-only show, if you are an audio-only listener primarily and you're seeing this, be sure to go to uh, youtube.com forward slash laxfactor, and you can check out the the, the normal show, the Wednesday and the Sunday shows, and then the Saturday live stream. uh, We do the Saturday live stream at 10 a.m. every Saturday. You can check those out on YouTube and see my beautiful mug in the process, but let's get into it here. Lemoyne and Pace. Ross Filch, a Lemoyne midfielder, he scored both the game tying and eventual game winning goals for the Dolphins over host Pace. Lemoyne comes in at number one. Uh, they improved to six and zero. Pace number ten coming into this game. They will drop to two and five. I think Pace probably ends up staying right where they are in terms of the rankings, though. Ben McCreary he put up three goals. Ross Filch two goals. Jake Nelson two assists, and Colin Sipek a goal and an assist for the Dolphins in the six four win. To the, kind of the flow of this game overall, Pace they took a three two lead with eight forty two left in the third off a Jake Varis goal. But then Lemoyne turns around, scores the game's next four goals. The run started with Ross Filch assisted by Nelson with 129 left in the third. And then 33 seconds later, Colin Sipek scored, giving Lemoyne a 4-3 lead at the half. And uh, there wasn't a whole lot of scoring overall here in this game. The bulk of the goals, as you see, uh, they were scored um, early, you know, in this game, and then the the second half was kind of like, ah, uh, not quite as not quite as much act- action. Ross Filch scored an unassisted goal just forty five seconds into the fourth, five three Lemoyne. One minute and forty two seconds or so later, Ben McCreary scored off another Nelson feed, six three Lemoyne, and the score remained that way until Pace scored a goal with just sixteen seconds left in the game. So Lemoyne controlled the game for most of the fourth quarter. Is the moral of that story? Both goalies played well. Louis Ragusa made 10 saves for Pace in the loss, and Riley Smith, 7 saves for Lemoyne in the win. Uh, Biggest factor in this win, Sam Curry. He wins 12 of 14 draws, and he was only credited with 5 ground balls, which means that the whole face-off unit together with Curry did a great job at, at scrapping at the faceoff dot and winning the lion's share. 12 of 14, that is a, that's an excellent stat and a very difficult disparity for a team to overcome, especially in a close game like that. That wins the game right there for you. Nate Arnold, he picked up seven ground balls and forced six turnovers. Uh, the six caused turnovers ties a LeMoyne all-time high. Nick Horrigan achieved that same feat 19 freaking years ago. Arnold picked a good day to have himself a game. That's the cool thing about D2 and D3. You don't see a lot of defenders at the D1 level putting up more than three caused turnovers in a game with maybe three to six ground balls. To see a dude go for six caused, uh, six caused turnovers and then seven ground balls, that is a, a huge game. And it, it, the reason that's fun to watch when you're actually watching these games is because it's, it, when you see a defender that is just so much better than everybody else in the field that he can just bully them and take their lunch money all willy-nilly, it's, uh, it is a sight to behold. So that's one of the great things about this level of lacrosse is that sometimes you just get dudes that are better than everybody on the field and they wreak havoc and it's fun. Uh, the other game, 
I want to talk about here, Tampa and Lynn. Tampa, they had a bit of a scare put into them by undefeated Lynn. I saw a lot of people chirping in the boards about this one, like Tampa isn't as good as their ranking because of this close game, or maybe Lynn is just good. Once again, I didn't watch this one either, kind of put this together off the box score, but Tampa ends up getting that one goal, 7-6 to win. Uh, The flow of this one, Lynn jumped out to an early lead. They score the game's first two goals, and then Tampa strikes next, and then they kind of go through alternating goals through to the end of the first score after 15 minutes was 4-3 Lynn. And then Tampa, they score the final goal of that first quarter with just three seconds left and then scored the only two goals of the second quarter. The result, a 5-4 lead at the half for Tampa. And it was Brian Wright with uh, 3.17 left in the second quarter that gives Tampa that lead. And then Lynn, they strike first in the third, just 24 seconds into the quarter, a Xander Casenza man-up goal assisted by Davis Diamond, but Tampa would answer each time Lynn managed to tie things up. Tampa, boom, we score again, and, and now we're up again. Game winner was scored by Jack Wood, assisted by Dan Fitzpatrick with 2.06 left in the third quarter. Neither team would score over the game's final 17 minutes because both goalies played solid. Colin Casey, he makes four saves in the fourth quarter for Lynn. Blake Ulmer, he makes three saves for Tampa. His final save with 57 seconds left in the game to help uh, Tampa secure this win. Jack Wood and Brian Wright each had two goals and a helper for Tampa. Ben French, the Vermont transfer, he goes for two goals. Xander Casenza puts up two goals and two helpers for Lynn in the loss. Blake Ulmer, overall, 10 stops for Tampa against 16 shots faced. Very solid game, and you get the W. The duo, though, of Eric Suits and Colin Casey, they combined for 12 saves on the day versus 19 shots faced in in net for Lynn. So that factors heavily in keeping Lynn in this ballgame. So as you're trying to find those statistical disparities that, that end up changing the outcome of a game compared to what you thought it should be, in this case, I would say those goalies kind of stood on their heads a little bit. You make more saves than uh, overall than the goals you let up. That's a good outing, especially against a team like Tampa. Now, another huge stat in this game is Ross Dickerson. He's normally an animal, but he was a pedestrian 7 of 14 at the faceoff dot. So they the the Lynn crew did a good job of uh, winning their draws and uh they they were good coming into this game. I think their team was 73% in terms I think it was um uh, what's his name here? Dross. Dryden Dryden Bross or Dryden Dross. Anyway, whoever the Lynn guy is, he was winning 73% or so coming into this game, so he was no slouch, but Dickerson was winning like 85% or something like that coming into this one. So credit, credit to Dross. Uh, that is what it was, Dross, uh, for doing a good job because that ends up also being the, a difference. If if Dickerson is his normal self and just mercs 75% of the draws in this game, then Tampa wins by four or five goals, and people aren't quite as surprised at this. But but I did see in the new rankings that came out this morning, Lynn is now ranked like 17th or so, so that goes down now in the future as a, a win against a ranked team for Tampa, and maybe some of the haters, the Tampa haters out there, will will chill out. I'm a, I'm not a Tampa hater. I'm a, a, a Whipple, their coach down there, and another two, but a couple other coaches are from up here, upstate New York. So I support anybody from from my my neck of the uh, woods. Is that even a thing? My uh, I don't know. You know, whatever. Another one, Mercyhurst, Walsh, Caleb Cuber, and Devin uh, Pfeiffer. They go off uh, for Mercyhurst. Cuber puts up five goals and five assists, and Pfeiffer chipped in four goals and four helpers. Mercyhurst won out all over the field, though. Uh, Sean Doran, he won 11-15 at the dot, though, for Walsh. 
and Bo Columbus uh, six to seven. Ryan Jacobs four. Oh no no no! It was Mercyhurst. Mercyhurst won all the faceoffs. Doran won eleven to fifteen. Bo Columbus six to seven. Ryan Jobs four of five. So they won literally almost all the faceoffs. Those greedy bastards. I had misread my note there. But Mercyhurst won this game all up and down the place. Mercyhurst coming in here, ranked number three in the country at the time. Another one, uh, Lincoln Memorial against Lenore Ryan. And and one thing, too, I apologize if some of these games didn't happen this weekend. I was ripping through and, and doing them uh, uh, off of the rankings and kind of going through and trying to find the top-ranked teams and see who played. So there might be a couple of these games that didn't happen this weekend and were from maybe like Wednesday or so. Let's just pretend. Let's just pretend that, that they were relevant here this week. Lenore Ryan, they bounced back nicely after suffering their first loss in uh, 13 outings against Wingate earlier in the week. They beat up on Lincoln Memorial on Saturday, 18-6. Miles Moffitt, he goes 5-2. And, and teammate Torin Eccleston, he goes 5-1 in the victory. Lenore Ryan, this is a crazy stat here. And when, once again, this is what you see at these levels often. Lenore Ryan wins 24 of 25 Faceoffs on the day. They had four players that won all of the draws they took. John Paulus won seven of seven. Patrick Sullivan won six of seven, had the only loss. Shame on you, Patrick Sullivan. Noah Flash, he wins five of five. Macon Sumner and Zach Boudot, they each one went three of three. So that's a pretty uh, nutty stat there for Lenore Ryan. But they get the win back in the win column and back, uh, back, in, the, uh, back in the thick of it. D3. Uh, let me get a drink here before we go into the D3 action. All right, some D3 action for you. Lebanon Valley, three, York, 15, York. I remember my first time kind of seeing York hit the radar was when they hung with Salisbury. And I, I had actually put the highlights up in that video. I had like 20,000 views or some crap like that. But uh, York, in this game, they get production up and down their roster in the 15-3 win over Lebanon Valley on Saturday. Brendan O'Sullivan put up three goals. Michael Russo went for three assists. And Jacob Wilhelm went for two goals and a dish. Nine other guys registered at least one point in the win. York won 17-21 draws on the day. And Vinny... I'm not even going to get this right, but we're going to try it. Vinny Fachapani winning 9 of 11, and Connor Madsen winning 6 of 7. So, you know, 17 to 21 draws, another huge possession discrepancy here in one of these games. York keeper Jack Michael made four saves and didn't give up any goals. He gave up none goals, as my daughter would say. Lebanon Valley keeper Nick Serrano, he made 17 saves versus the 14 goals that he ended up giving up. Uh, So credit him for saving his team's ass a little bit more of an embarrassment. Uh, He saved them from that, so that's good. Another game, Roanoke lost to Lynchburg, 20-10. Lynchburg's won three straight games after they lost to Washington and Lee on April 2nd. Now, granted, they lost to Washington and Lee on April 2nd, and I think it was April 3rd they turned around and they beat Washington and Lee. So they've, you know, and then they've added two additional blowout wins since getting revenge on Washington and Lee. But Roanoke's the latest victim getting bounced 20 to 10. Ryan Kenny, he went for five goals and three dishes. Kyle Lewis, two goals and five helpers. And Tremel Robinson, six goals. Colin Dean, why not mention him too? Three goals and two assists in the game. So Lynchburg got it done up and down the roster. Big reason for the scoring disparity beyond dudes uh, scoring goals. 
Quentin Ritchie, another in, insane face-off guy, 28 of 33 draws on the day, absolutely humiliating the face-off crew for Roanoke. I'm sure all of those guys' girlfriends broke up with them after the game because that's what happens. Uh, another game, St. Lawrence and Union, number 10 Union. They follow up their opening season win with a win over number 6 St. Lawrence in a battle of New York teams. Keaton McCann led Union with four goals. Peter Kipp went for two goals and a dish, and Peter Burns contributed a goal and two helpers uh, in the Union win. Both goalies were seeing the ball insanely well in this one. In the losing effort, William Help put – that's a great name for a goalie, assuming I, that's not a typo. William Help, he puts up 17 saves versus the 27 shots that he faced. That's a 63% save percentage. I did the math. The winning keeper, actually, you know what? I didn't do the math. Inside Lacrosse did that math. So if it ends up being wrong, chirp them, not me. The winning keeper, Dan Donahue, he stopped 15 shots versus the 21 he faced for a 71% save percentage. And that ended up being the day for Union. Union held a slight advantage in terms of possessions thanks to Sam Byrne, who won 10 of 17 draws and he picked up four ground balls. Once again, I like seeing where if you win 10 draws, you only pick up half the ground balls because even though the faceoff dominance hasn't changed, I, I almost say it seems like that's gotten worse. I do like that the new rules have, have caused more guys to get into the mix. So a lot of times where you're seeing dudes dominate even more than they used to, it's not necessarily because that dude is winning the draws and the rule changes made it easier for that player. It's that the wings get to factor as well. So if you're a team that ends up having a, a good face-off guy and really solid wing play, you're going to win the lion's share of face-off. So I, I have enjoyed how that's kind of played out here for all of us. So that is it. This is a throwaway bonus episode for you guys. I'll probably do better as I get the flow right here because of the, the reality, I watch too many D1 games to watch a lot of these games. So I end up kind of having to write these up and go a little bit more by a script. So as I figure out how I want to write them up, I'll, it'll get better. I know the flow of this one wasn't all that great here. It's early in the morning. My mouth is dry. I'm probably smacking my lips and saying my S is weird in your ears because my tongue, I can literally feel like dry tongue on the tip of my tongue. So that is all. I'll get the heck out of your ears here. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow on YouTube and here audio-wise for the full regular episode, the, the normal Wednesday episode. So this is not your normal episode. We will be back tomorrow as normal with the full-blown production on both YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and here, wherever you're listening to this audio version. So thank you for listening, and Hoost is out.